1: Welcome to the Osher Ginsburg podcast. I'm Oshigensberg, and look, I'm really glad you're here. This is a weekly conversation with someone that I find truly inspiring and a conversation that will hopefully, hopefully leave you truly inspired as well. My goal on this show is to talk with guests that have a great story to tell or who have achieved something remarkable in their lives through their story. Hopefully, I'll get inspired myself, and if it all works out, inspire you as well. Today, no exception, we're going to spend some time Short amount of time. I'll get into that later. With a delightful Rachel Finch. She's on Twitter. May you follow her now. R A C H A E L F I N C H. That's her Twitter handle, at Rachel Finch. She's fantastic. If you are new to the show, welcome. Please check out some earlier episodes. If you're a subscriber, welcome back. If you hear something today that resonates with you, please tweet out a link, uh, tweet out to Rachel, tweet out to myself, tweet, or pop a a tweet out just showing the link of the show uh it's really simple on my website com. you can just click share and you can share it on facebook and pinterest and myspace and 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 friendster and and or no you can't find me on myspace or friendster but you know where you can find me if you could rate and comment on the show in the itunes store that'd be unreal but you know you're already busy clicking and doing things. You're looking at Reddit. You're looking at pictures of cats. you got other stuff to do. you want to send me an email, you can do that. Pop your address into the subscribe box, osherginsburg.com, and reply to the autoresponder or the mail-outs. I read every single one of them, and I try to reply to as many as I possibly can. So that's how you get in touch with me. I hope your week was okay. That whatever it is that you do to live, drive, and survive, that was working for you this week. Um, thanks to everybody that wrote in about last week's episode with Julie Ruvalo. With the World Cup going on, it's a very interesting discussion about another side of life in Rio. And, and indeed, wherever it is that people sell and pay for sex. A very interesting um, if you've never really thought about what life is like for sex workers and the people that pay them. Uh, Julie's an anthropologist, so it's a very clinical look at things. It's really interesting. I went for a ride on my bike today. Um, it was the longest ride I've ever done. I know a lot of people ride a lot longer than I do, but it was a really fun ride. 145 k's I rode today up through the National Park just to the north of Sydney. Um, I'm here at the moment shooting. Um, it was a challenging ride. It was a beautiful ride. Just glorious. Incredible views. So much nature, wildlife. I saw a wallaby. That was exciting. Secret little bays, little harbors, so much forest. It was just gorgeous. But I guess the interesting thing about riding or running, which is another thing that I do for a long time, is that if you have good form and you manage your effort levels, as long as you keep eating, you can go for quite a while. Um, I was in the saddle for about seven hours today. So it must have been all those hills. But what's what's interesting about physical exertion for that amount of time is what your brain starts to do after about the two or three hour mark. Um, I like to ride and run long because I like to work the muscle in my brain um, that deals with the negativity that pops up. Because trust me, when you're 70 kilometers from home and there's about another thousand meters of, of climbing ahead of you, your brain starts to come up with all kinds of excuses to quit. Now I've talked about this before, but I use a, today I use the technique uh, from a fabulous composer by the name of Benjamin Zander. And whenever negativity comes his way, he throws both hands in the air and shouts, how fascinating. So today, as my brain got quite creative with ways to quit, like, you know, why don't you hitchhike home? Yeah, hitchhike home. You've done 85Ks. Go home. Or uh, take a ferry for Manly. That'll do it. Just ride home, ride ride to Manly, take a ferry to Rose Bay. Or call an Uber. That was the best one. My brain thought if I could call an Uber into the national park and um, just wait by the side of the road and the Uber would come and get me. Whenever those uh, thoughts came away, I just kind of said to myself, how fascinating. And then I had a look at the time on my watch because I was interested to know how far apart these things came. And sure enough, at first they were coming about every three minutes and then it was happening about every ten minutes and then every half hour and then not at all. Now I wonder if they were intercepted by a subconscious, how fascinating, after a while. I wonder if my brain was, you know, Heading them off at the pass, so to speak, and only the super powerful ones were getting through. But it was, it was interesting, and I hope that I can replicate that through my week because my brain is I'm creative, um, very handy at work. Uh, it's very handy when I'm writing. It's very handy when I'm shooting photos or, or whatever. It's, but it's also very creative in I don't know, you know, like devising doomsday worst possible case scenarios out of thin air. <laughs> It's really interesting. So as much as I was training my body today, I guess I was also training my mind. Um, But the thing is, I can't get to that place unless I'm quite physically exhausted. So it's long rides for me, I guess. Anyway, thanks to everybody on the ride home as the sun was setting. You managed to not run me over. You'll never know who you are, but I'm grateful to each and every one of you that uh, I slowed up a little and you went around me as I rode up the slow land on Military Road um, in Sydney there. Your slight inconvenience allowed me not to die. So thank you. I appreciate that a lot. Let me tell you about my guest today. My guest today is Rachel Finch. Now, I, over the course of my career, I have had the absolute privilege and pleasure of interviewing and spending time with many people in the public eye. And most of the time, those who have a longevity are quite nice to be around. Let's face it, you can't have a 20-year career if you're an absolute asshole to work with. So... In December, um, I was blessed with getting to work for three glorious weeks doing breakfast radio with a woman that is possibly one of the nicest humans on the planet. You know how there's people in your life that just light up a room? I'm sure you, or everyone's got someone like that in their life. Rachel Finch not only lights up a room, the light she shines just permeates right into your heart. And not only that, she is just so hardworking. It's inspiring to witness. We were getting up at 3 a.m. to do a, a pre-show meeting that started at 4 a.m. Then we were on air between 6 and 9. We had an hour debrief afterwards. Uh, I, I got lucky. I, I just went, went home after that. But pretty much every day and night, Rachel went off to another gig, another shoot, another MC show, all while making plenty of time for her newborn baby, um, She's a master of time management. Now, we recorded this. I have to tell you this part. I'm sorry about this part. We recorded this show in the studio at Nova in Sydney where we were working. Midway through the interview, we had to change studios. Somehow, the second part of the file vanished. And I didn't check the moment I was given the file. Um, So that's on me. You're off the hook, Josiah. I only found this out uh, today. Uh, Six months later. Good one, Ginsburg. So I'm afraid, I'm sorry to tell you, this interview is only about half an hour long. I know, I know. I had the file on a hard drive for months and I never bothered to check it. And now I come to publish it and it's only half there. Boo. Sorry, Rachel. I'm very sorry. Sorry, everyone. Because when you hear her, you'll just wish you could hang out with her for another half hour. She's... Rachel is so dedicated to her family. She's dedicated to her own health and living a life of pure joy. i bounded into work every day to spend time with her. She's unreal. We get about halfway through her story. I'll do my best to track her down and get the second half of her tale. Um, Just want to get that for you so you can know what happens. For me, also, uh, just so I can hang out with her again. She's a hardworking woman. She's so in love with her husband and her daughter. But only has what she has because she works so hard. That's that's the thing I really got from her. She's lovely, she's charming, she's funny, she's smart, but only have the, she only has the life that she has because she works very, very hard to have that life. In no way does she live a life of privilege or take any of this for granted. I'm always inspired by seeing what hard work gets you. I hope you are as well. If you hear something that resonates with you, Please send her a tweet. She's at Rachel Finch, R-A-C-H-A-E-L Finch. That's where she is on Twitter. Again, my apologies for the slightly truncated show today, but I'm sure you'll agree half hour, a half hour with Rachel is a half hour well spent. So enjoy.
0: Osha, you're interviewing me.
1: (laughs) Hello, Rachel Finch.
0: Good morning. How are you? Good, how are you? I'm really grateful
1: you can do this. <laughs> oh um,
0: I, I've listened to a couple of these, by the way.
1: Oh, I'm stoked.
0: And they were awesome. I listened to the Annalise uh podcast and I also listened to bits of Euge Huge's Huge um,
1: Huge from Aquabumps.
0: Yes. And I also listen to bits and pieces of Meat No Meat Eat.
1: The no meat athlete. No Matt meat Fraser. athlete, yeah. He's a remarkable oh. man. Awesome. Awesome. He's quite a remarkable guy. I'm just so happy that, that we can do this. Um, I've <laughs> loved working with you. Aww. And I, I tell everyone that asks how, how much of a joy it is to work with you. But I, I, people are fascinated by you. I've been out of the country, all right? Are so you I've kidding missed. Me? No, I've been out of the country. So I've missed a lot of, of what, you know, your path. Mm. I've been kind of vaguely familiar with when I see you pop up in the news and things like that. But so I met you for the first time. I think it was like three weeks ago today. Three, three
0: weeks and two days.
1: Three weeks and two days ago today, yeah. I met you. Yeah. And when I tell people I'm working with you, like, oh, I love her.
0: No. Yes. No, yeah. I don't believe it for a second.
1: Why would I lie to you?
0: Um, you wouldn't. But
1: I'm telling you the truth. People really feels, dig feels you, weird. and so well, just t- take it, take the compliment. <laughs> people are really into you, and so you you obviously communicate something really familiar and and relatable to them, and and so I think it's it's really great that we can have a chat and um. And talk, and also just thank you because I'm, we're doing breakfast radio at the moment and it means that the alarm goes off when there's far too many threes on the clock. Oh, and my goodness, it hurts, doesn't it? I was going to bring all my gear in today, <laughs> but I, I got all the way here. I was like, why did I make it here so on my bicycle? I've been riding my bicycle to work. It's like, why did I make it so quickly here today? Oh, because I forgot my laptop and my microphone. And, <laughs> but that extra
0: you, weight wasn't weighing me down.
1: It was still early in the day, though. So you said, we're in a radio station. Why don't you record it in this? Studio?
0: <laughs> tick, tick. Ding, you know, like when you sort of put two and two together. I hadn't had my caffeine
1: at that point. (laughs) That's all good. Anyway, I'm grateful that we're doing this. I'm I'm really grateful. Um,
0: I'm grateful. Thank you.
1: You are a mum of, and at this point in time when we're recording this, by the time this airs, it'll be later, but your daughter is 11 weeks old. 12. 12 weeks old. 12
0: weeks, yes. She's absolutely incredible. And it's like the most, I was telling you this when we first met, it's something that you just cannot describe. You know, you've got this information in your head that knows a child is coming into the world and, yeah, there's going to be an extra body in the house and, oh, you know, it's going to be amazing. But the reality of it when your obstetrician puts that living being on your chest for the very first time is like nothing else. And when I'm at work and I've got low energy or when I'm doing something that I'm I'm not happy about or I, and I try to make myself happy – she is one the one thing next to Michael that puts me back up. Do you know what I mean, and it's just like it gives me goosebumps, and it makes me so emotional because oh, she's just incredible.
1: There's not many people who are at twenty five and have a a three months old baby. A lot of people are like no, busy like I'm off for career building, and
0: a lot of people were shocked about it um. Back in the day, it was so normal to have a baby at 17, 18, 19 years of age.
1: I remember as a kid, my mum had me when she was 34, mm. my big brother at 32, and that was in the 70s. Yeah. So I remember going to school and I thought everyone's mum looked like my mum. Yeah. No, my eight-year-old friends, their mum was 26. <laughs> yeah, exactly. She was hot. <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. And so for me now I, – I, I always imagined myself having a baby, like you know how you paint this perfect picture. Twenty six, I'll I'll get married. Maybe twenty seven, I'll have a baby. Um, I'll move into my very own house at twenty eight, and sort of you know planned it out like that. But having a baby at twenty five, yes, it does it does seem young, but it's totally about the foundation in your relationship, and totally about the foundation in your your lifestyle and uh, your career and things like that. So, of course, things are always going to change. But I think is, uh, the most important part is the strength in your relationship and, and knowing that you can trust and rely on your partner.
1: What was the conversation like when you, like...
0: Were... We actually wanted to try earlier. But because of of my line of work with Speedo, I work for a swimsuit company, um, and with... Everything I'm doing, I, and it, because I haven't been in this industry for so long, Miss Universe was 2009, so I started working with Channel 7 at the start of 2010, started working with Speedo at the start of two, two, 2010 as well. Um, because it, it had only been two years, it's kind of like, oh, okay, so now she's got to stop and have a baby and things get put on hold and she's got a big belly and she's not going to be able to do these things. So we did consider that. So, yeah. Um, we, we're we just such family people. So we – it feels weird to say this, but every time we made love, we always imagined that, creating a child, and that's just the most spef- special, special thing. And so, yeah, so we tried um, last Christmas actually, and I was actually pregnant on our wedding day. So we were dancing around. But I, we didn't know though because the, the pregnancy test didn't hadn't come up positive. So we were dancing around, having a fun time, and uh, yeah, we were pregnant.
1: Wow. I was pregnant. <laughs> well, we. Yeah. He's also he's a part of it. <laughs> oh yes, <yeah>, slightly.
0: <laughs> half and half takes two to tango. <laughs>
1: <laughs> see what he did there. He's a dancer. Yeah. yeah I see yeah, what per- you did there. Perfect. So <laughs> when did you? I I remember asking my. Well, here, here's the thing, and, and I and thank you for being so honest because, I remember having like that's why I got married. I mm. got married because I wanted to have kids. Mm-hmm. And, um, that conversation was always, it was a a, a tricky conversation to have Mm. because of course there was lots of career pressure Mm. on both of us. Mm. And honestly, like we never kind of got around to it, Mm. which now that we're not together, I'm actually kind of grateful there isn't a kid in the mix. Yeah. But at the time it was really sad.
0: See, uh, we didn't, I didn't get married to have children. I got married because he was, is, was, still is, will always be my number one and, you know, having that person there next to you who's always going to back you up, who's always going to, you can come home to no matter what you feel like, to me is the most important. Yes, Violet is now, like, essentially a part of me but that soulmate and your best friend, I'm just such a, in a... I hate saying it, but I'm a clingy type of person. Like I love that. Oh, where's my text from him? What? Well, why didn't he? Not, you know, like I don't want to f- sound like I'm annoying, but I love knowing. I love that the bond you share.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Knowing that someone's there for you. Yeah. That someone's got you back. For the
0: right reasons, of course. But, and
1: locked in. Yep. Yeah, and
0: then, but having a child on top of that only increases that bond. Yeah. So that for me is why we decided to and what makes it so special and, you know, looking at her and knowing that two microscopic cells created this and you it's completely you and him.
1: Amazing. Mm. Oh. Oh, we've got to meet this man <laughs> one of these days. <laughs> I
0: might bring him in on the last day. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> That's tomorrow, by the way.
1: <laughs> um, So when did you first realise, I remember I, I've, you know, I, I asked Annalise this, so, so I'll ask you. When did you first realise that you looked different from other girls?
0: Um, ooh. See, funnily, I think she said something similar to this, which I really connected to. Oh, no, maybe she didn't. I can't remember. But I never really saw myself as beautiful. I've never really seen myself as attractive, beautiful. Um, like when I entered my first modelling competition, I had pimples over my face, like a lot of pimples over my face. I've always found my body to be like a little bit out of whack, like out of proportion, a little bit heavier legs because I did a lot of sport. Um, so I never really, yeah. Saw but if my, you felt
1: that why, why did you enter a modelling competition? Well,
0: mum said to me, why don't you do this for something different? And I kind of said, oh. And then it got me, that got my train of thoughts. T- you know, uh-huh. ticked off my train of thought.
1: Where was the modeling? Co- it's in Townsville. In Townsville,
0: yeah. Um, I was 15, and I remember when they called out my number, 35.
1: Was it at some shopping mall? Where was it?
0: Yeah, it was at <laughs> it was at oh, the Burdekin, which is like half an hour outside of Townsville. So, um, yeah, we were on stage. All the contestants. It was just some random hall at the back of in Birdikon, like. There was 80 contestants, so it was quite a big comp, um, but all the local girls. And I remember uh, they called out 35 and I couldn't remember my number and no one walked to the front. And then my friend next to me goes, that's you, Rachel. So I walked to the front and I won a modelling um, contract with an agency in Brisbane and then that's when I moved down to Brisbane. How old were you? Uh, 15.
1: So you're 15 years old and you moved down to Brisbane.
0: Well, I... I because I was still at school, I I, I moved there, but I still travelled back and forth. Like I was based essentially in both locations because my my all my modelling work was in Brisbane. So I would go down for jobs, weekends, after school, miss out on days at school and then come back and forth.
1: And your mum was cool with all this?
0: Yeah, she was cool with it. Dad was a little bit different. He didn't like me missing out on so much school um, and he... Was a little bit sceptical about the modelling world, as there is very strong stereotypes. Understandably, about, um, understandably on his behalf to be sceptical, as there is very strong stereotypes in on the modelling world. So, um,
1: so he's worried about. Here's my fifteen year old uh, going to a city far away mm. where there's. I think your brother was there. At the time, yeah, yeah. Uh, so only her brother around, but her brother's not going to come to shoots with her. No. She's going to be working with men, and <laughs> yeah. he's a man. He's like, I know what my daughter looks like.
0: Yeah, totally. Wow. It's a, it's a. I'm, I'm the only girl, so it's a dad daughter thing. Um, Mum was freaking amazing. Like she would travel everywhere anywhere around the country for me. We would. She'd give me her very last cent for an, uh, the new pair of heels I needed for that next runway show, and it was the same with my sport too. Every finish line, she was—I could see her crazy hair jumping up and down, cheering for me.
1: Millions of people
0: have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost fifty pounds.
1: Salads, generally, for most people, are the easy button, right?
0: A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend, but what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. I just, I couldn't believe, looking back now, I can't believe how much energy she gave me and how much that actually helped me, but at the time you don't think about that. You're just running the race. You're just, and I remember one time uh, I was running a 200 meter final uh, for competing at Queensland All Schools. I was so nervous, and I've always struggled with nerves. I was so nervous that we're in the marshalling area. It was there was two races to go before us, and uh, I went up to the timekeeper and said, "I just can't run this race." And she goes. Rachel, what do you mean you can't run this race? Like, this is the final, and you're in lane four. Like, you, it, you pretty much got this, you know. And I've sort of said, um, I'm just, just feel really sick. But really, I was very, I was too nervous. I was, I got myself so worked up, anxiety and everything, that I was physically making myself sick. Oh man. So I pulled out of the race and walked back down to Mum, who was waiting at the finish line. My race was ran as I approach mum, and it was being run. She's looking at the at the um, the race, looking for me, and I've come up to her, and she's looked looked at me, looked back at the track, looked at me. She's like, "What are you doing?" I said, "Oh, I just I feel sick. I, I I'm just too nervous to run," and uh, she was very upset. But she said, "Doesn't matter. It's all good. You know, you do what you need to do." So. But yeah, she was there every single step of the way. She's had all the photos and yeah, it's just, just, and it followed on through to the modeling. Like, I I remember being over in Singapore, um, 17 years old. It was my first country to go to. Hang on a
1: sec. How did you get from Brisbane to Singapore? What kind of work (laughs) are you doing in Brisbane, by the way? What work work does a 15 year old model do?
0: Catalogue shoots, um, little, tiny little catalogues for Big W, um, runway shows, a lot of uh, bridal work. So I would dress up. As a bride and shoot for- 15. Yeah. Yeah. I've been married so many times, (laughs) like hundreds of times. I can't even count.
1: (laughs) So all these- Here's the thing. This this is, you know, a a thing that I'm totally fascinated with as a photographer and like someone I- You know, sometimes I can spend a lot of time doing post. um, Mm. When I see how much is possible through post-production and then I see women comparing themselves to what they see on the page, it's like- Or the the screen. It's like- That's not actually a real woman. Yeah, like people probably wouldn't have any idea that they are comparing. I want to look like that in my wedding dress. That's Mm. a 15 year old girl who's a a state champion athlete. Yeah, well, you don't have the same life. How can you possibly want to look like that? Yeah,
0: it's crazy. Sometimes I'm on a shoot for maybe 12 hours, you know, straight, and we get maybe four shots done. So if you break that down, three hours on a shot Mm. of getting changed, hair and makeup, getting into position, getting the right angle, lighting, everyone's got their angle and then something happens, the lighting's not right or, okay, let's do a hair change, let's do a bra change. There's so much involved. There's stylists, there's um, Mm. art directors, there's, you know, it's a team of like 14 just for one shot. So it's really intense and there's a lot that goes on and, You know, it's not what people think. It's not as easy as what people think. And I'm not saying I've I've got the most hard, you know, difficult job in the world, but there is a lot more that goes into it. You can't sort of turn up to a photo shoot tired and angry and you've got to have energy. Travel involves a lot of energy.
1: I'm I'm also talking about women that compare themselves. They stand in front of a mirror and go, I don't look like that.
0: Oh, they don't have 14. They don't have 14 people in 3 hours. Absolutely. To make them look good. Absolutely. They don't
1: have the hours in post production.
0: I could take some of the makeup off with with a spoon, with a <laughs> teaspoon. Like yeah, exactly. There's um there's post, there's yeah. S- specific angles that make the look make the body look more flattering. Yeah. Um false eyelashes, they work wonders. You know. Yeah,
1: right. So how <laughs> did the so you're in Singapore bef- before Singapore? Well, what was the gig that, that propelled you to Singapore?
0: Um, no gig in particular. It was an agency that want, that uh, saw my pictures from the work I'd done in Brisbane and wanted me over uh, to represent me over there because Singapore's got a huge Eurasian look, mm-hmm. um, a, a huge market for the Eurasian look. So it's the mix of Asians and mm-hmm. Australian and, and European, so it's, it's a weird combination. So, um, yeah, I started... I, I travelled over there and I remember walking into the apartment for the very first time.
1: So this is apartment now what they said, come over, we've got an apartment that our models yep. stay in. Yeah, you,
0: you can stay we've here. Got we've it got it all care covered. Of. Accommodation is, is 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 taken care of. It will come out of some of your pay. So uh-huh. as you start working, uh we'll just take a chunk of your money out for accommodation for okay. our commission for et cetera, et cetera. Uh-huh. Um so I first got there and Is it like
1: fashion TV? Is it like model flat on fashion TV? You walk in and it's just models everywhere.
0: Models everywhere, but complete opposite. Definitely not as glamorous. So I walked into my apartment, and I was staying in a three-bedroom apartment that was housing nine girls. Wow! So three girls to a room.
1: How many bathrooms?
0: Uh, two. Two in mine. Still yeah. two
1: bathrooms for nine women.
0: Yeah, pretty oh, pretty tragic. Well, yeah, it was it was tough, but. That wasn't the hard part. It was arriving without any knowledge of travel or culture. Never been overseas or, before. Yeah. you lived in
1: Townsville and Brisbane.
0: That's right. So I've got there, no hot water. My bed had been slept in uh, from the last previous model.
1: Sheets she- hadn't been washed.
0: Sheets hadn't been cleaned. I've come from a home where mum's got a compulsive, you know, cleaning thing going on and everything's got to be spotless um so that was a bit different for me cockroaches running under my bed um no food in the fridge no fresh water it was just a shock and I remember lying in bed that night crying my eyes out and wanting to just come home I hadn't even got a sim card yet I couldn't even call mum, you know so that was a huge shock and it took took me a while to kind of get used to it and then as I went on I used to just be so grateful for everything I got. Like I remember moving into the next apartment. We had a pool downstairs and that was like God.
1: In Singapore? (laughs) Yeah. What was your first – do you remember your first job in Singapore?
0: Yes, it was a test shoot. I had a pair of denim uh, jeans on that we like took the the top – undid the top button and I had a a, a grey singlet on and that was my test shoot to be put on the comp card for every client. All oh, right, so this is
1: like yeah, like a business card. A, yeah. a model has a comp card, which is a it's mm-hmm. a compile card. It's basically four different looks on one side. On the other side, it's a big shot.
0: Yeah, it's got all your statistics on the back. Yeah, yeah. Height, um, eye color, five
1: eight, etc. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. right. Um, uh, I don't really do they do them anymore. Or is it all digital now?
0: Uh no. I think I think they still do them.
1: They still have comp cards. Yeah,
0: I think you physically still take a comp card in. Um, you do, don't rock. You see, don't rock in with I have not rock your portfolio been to a co- anymore. I haven't, no, probably not a portfolio anymore. But I haven't been to a casting for about six, seven years. So I wouldn't know. membership has its privileges. It's expired.
1: So you, were, <laughs> so you, you. What was you? What was the most confronting thing about living with? Like I'm guessing you'd met models before, but you probably hadn't lived with any models. Yeah. What was what was confronting about? about being
0: um, there, besides I guess, the
1: conditions, like we're seeing the other girls and see how how they played it.
0: Yeah, I guess seeing because I've grown up with sport and I've always been. Around lots of food, um, and really sort of
1: yeah, you eat. I watch you. You eat all morning.
0: <laughs> I just I get the shakes if I don't eat. You know what I Every mean. Every hour and a half. Yeah, I watch you eat. Oh, I try to stretch it out. To maybe two. two. Come on,
1: <laughs> maybe two hours.
0: But it's so important for me, and I've always been around a table of a lot of food and just you know lots of water and healthy a healthy environment. But I guess seeing a little bit of a lot of cigarettes, a lot of coffee. Um, A lot of things that kind of models, you know, everyone's completely different. I've seen such healthy, healthy models, which I absolutely admire. But I've also seen the models that survive off one bowl of cereal a day. Wow. And for me, that just is completely shocking. And it's not just about, you know, what what they're eating. It's them lying in bed in between their castings with, no energy because they because they've had literally nothing to eat all day, they don't have the energy to do anything between castings. So that's kind of what they smash their, coffee to, to to keep their energy up, to be able to get to their casting. And God,
1: that's not going to do wonders for your mental health, is it?
0: Well, that's the thing. And, you know, I could never understand why, oh, is she upset with me? Did I do something wrong? Did I take up too much bathroom space? Did I have too long of a shower? I wonder if she had a cold shower. So I always thought it was, you know, but now I think, well, I'd be angry too if I had 10 cups of coffee and no food.
1: (laughs) Oh, man, I'd be so terrible to be around.
0: Yeah. So that was a huge eye opener for me and something that I, you know, didn't want to go down.
1: How did you stay eating healthy then if there was no food in the fridge? Like how do you find the market in Singapore?
0: Well, that was very hard to find fresh food, especially things I like, just heaps of salad and vegetables. I I found myself having um, lots and lots of salad with cans of tuna. So, um, there was one market I always went to for my, for my vegetables. Um, but yeah, I, I got, I also, I guess, caught a little bit of it where I definitely limited what I would eat. I would always think carbs were the enemy. I always ate, but I watched what I eat. I stripped everything back. So we're talking like 7% body fat is good. I'm, I'm pretty confident in saying that I had less Wow. There was a point where I was so thin and w- without fat that I just I just look back in, at my pictures and I couldn't believe it. I wanted to bring one for you to show today but I've been
1: a little bit crazy That's no, all right.
0: But yeah, I, I just think how did I get that that thin? It was just crazy. So how much
1: lighter cuz you look amazing. You had a kid 12 weeks ago. Aww. You look incredible. You're in such fine shape. Stop. How no. How much lighter now?
0: So I am 50 uh, approximately 56, 57 now, but I'm five foot nine, so it's like quite quite relative. Um, and back then I was fifty. Wow. So take six or seven kilos off, it's quite a lot. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, but for runway, it's important to be kind of stripped of everything. Well, I the thing is I thought that. This is what I'm saying. Because I was around this, and because I saw so many thin girls, and
1: that was your normality.
0: Well, I thought, well, in order to do that, I need to do this. In order to get on that runway, oh, in order to get that job, that editorial, particularly editorial modelling, because it is quite um, futuristic. It's not your commercial everyday woman smiling in a in a bikini. You know, it's. Um, it's artistic. It's creative. It's different. You've they want the clothes to sort of. It's just that's what I thought I needed to be. So uh, yeah, I would have a small bowl of cereal for breakfast, maybe an apple and um, some some chicken at lunch, uh, and then for dinner I would have. Um, the, the massive bowl of salad with no dressing and tuna. I would never have any oils. Never had any sauces. It would always be the chicken breast. I would never. If it had any bit of fat on it, I would take it off. I was so anal. I swear to. Oh, it was just not a nice place to be in. And I remember, like, I would go out to a cafe with my friends if I'd come home at Christmas time, and they would they would order their caramel lattes, and I just look at that and go. That has got so many calories in there. And I would be counting every calorie. And it was the most horrible place to be in mentally. Oh, I'm so glad I got out of there quick smart.
1: How did you find your way out of there?
0: Um, I think it's as I kept coming back home. And then when I moved to New York, I started doing a bit more commercial work. And I lived with this incredible roommate. Hang on
1: it was like, How did you get to New York City? Because oh. that's quite a jump. That's quite um, a jump from Townsville. Even though you'd spent time in Singapore, that's quite yeah, a jump. How did they find you?
0: Same scenario. An agency in uh, New York wanted me over to work with them. Mm-hmm. So, and there was a, a client over there that wanted to book me for a job. So I flew over for the job and then met with another agency and then started working with them. So it kind of just jumped from country to country, yeah. working on contracts.
1: Where did you live in New York?
0: Uh, down lower east oh, on Eighth Avenue, St Mark's Place.
1: Oh my god! Yeah,
0: awesome. That is
1: the Dumpling Man on oh, St Mark's d- Place.
0: Sushi Dumpling. Everything. And that tea
1: shop, Tea Tivana. Tea, there's tea a, shop. There's a tea shop on St Mark's Place, and it right next to the dumpling store. Dumpling Man makes vegan dumplings.
0: Se- Second Avenue and Eighth Street. Amazing. Oh, best place. And how um, old were you? 17.
1: 17 years old. So Singapore wasn't very long?
0: Uh, No, Singapore was six months.
1: Yeah.
0: And then uh, New York was a year.
1: 17 years old in New York City. 17 to 18.
0: I remember on my 18th birthday, I was not with anyone, family, friends or anything. I I had a party when I came back um, to celebrate, but I remember spending New Year's Eve in my bed in New York because on the 30 on the 1st of January I had a photo shoot in Pennsylvania and I needed to be up earlier uh, sorry I was I get a bit confused and I, I needed to be up early so I, I I went to bed at 10 o'clock and I remember waking up to the cheer of everyone at 12 o'clock um, that was they were celebrating the new year coming into the new year and I was just like oh I had this moment I'm like I'm in New York on my eighteenth birthday, alone, lying here, and I've got to get up in four hours to go for a job. Cool. I'm your birthday re-
1: is December thirty first.
0: No, no, Christmas. Sorry. Yeah. So Christmas. It you're,
1: was. You were alone in New York on Christmas.
0: Yes. Uh, New Year's. Yeah.
1: Which is what day is your birthday?
0: Eighth of July. Eighth so of July. I was lying in bed imagining. I was, I was lying in bed imagining that-
1: Well, just so you're lying there going, I'm 18. On,
0: on New Year's Eve, I oh. could be out on, at Times Square watching the, the ball drop and I'm here alone where I should be with my family. Right. Yeah. That was my feeling.
1: Wow. And how much longer did you stay in New York after that?
0: Uh, uh, another six months maybe. Right. Yeah.
1: What- what does being a model in New York look like? Like, Because I can mm. only – I've been in New York. I mm. love New York City. I'd set myself on fire to live there. It uh, is incredible and the women are so hot.
0: I would go to castings with 200 other people down the hallway thinking, what the hell am I doing here? What am I – oh, my goodness. I come from Townsville. I've got, you know, not the best clothes and, like, I thought they were nice but when you compare them to other girls and what – New York has to offer, you just feel like such such an insignificant person. I'm like, sensing a best friend oh, makeover
1: scene coming. was that what happened? Did someone no, grab you and take you shopping? No,
0: not really. You just kind of, because I guess designers and clients don't think and care about that, what you're wearing. They're just looking at you. They're looking mm. at, is this person going to work for the job we need? Um, does she have the right look to pull off what we want? Um, so I guess that. That didn't really matter. Um, But still,
1: you're sitting there, like, with 200 other girls. Everyone's mm, going for the same gig. mm.
0: Yeah, it's it's pretty um, intimidating and you kind of
1: just... And you're being judged completely on what you look like, not the kind of person you are. Absolutely,
0: (laughs) absolutely. And actually, not talking about New York, but uh, one time I had a casting in Australia uh, for quite a big soft drink brand And I remember the same scenario, hundreds and hundreds of girls waiting out in the casting call area, and we'd go in one by one, and I ended up getting that job. And when I met the clients properly, uh, when the job started, I actually asked, why did I get chosen uh, out of everyone? And they said to me, well, you were the only one on the way out of the casting that day that actually said hello to us. We were in the waiting area. No one even knew who we were. And I walked past and just said, hey, guys, how are you going today? And, and they said that's someone who we wanted to work with. Wow. And that, oh, I just really liked hearing that, you know. It was meant a lot to me.
1: Mm. Yeah, right. <laughs> so to, I can't, like, when I was 17, 18, I was just <clears throat> terrified of the world mm. and I just used beer to, to get between me and that fear. <laughs> I can't imagine how scary it would have been to be in New York by yourself.
0: Yeah, but I had really good roommates and I had this one in particular. Her name's Uba. Um, she comes from Somalia and she moved to New York to pursue a career in modelling and, you know, follow her dreams. And if I didn't have her, that, that sister bond that we shared, I couldn't have got through it. Yeah, it, no way in the world. We would – and she was like me, ate a lot. And we would always, like, cook in front of all the other girls.
1: Check this <laughs> and, out, bitches. Yes. Yeah,
0: she'd show me all her traditional um, recipes and I'd give share some of my recipes with her and we'd swap and cook for each other different nights. It was awesome. And um,
1: The other girls are just eating cereal. They were
0: like, are you really going to have that whole pineapple? Do you know how much sugar's in that? Like, <laughs> and
1: you're yeah. like, can't talk, eating. Yeah.
0: Oh, but she was... Incredible. I actually started writing a book about her because she was so fascinating. She used to tell me all these incredible stories about her life. And, um, uh, yeah, we kind of – we went to castings together and went shopping together and did this and did that, and um, I still still keep in contact with her. So.
1: so that's the first half of the show with Rachel Finch. I hope I can track her down to tell the rest of the story. She went into the whole Miss Universe experience, which is amazing, and then – you know, she's such a family woman. She, you know, she talks about her her brother. Her brother quit his job, moved down to Sydney just so he could help his sister out in the first year after the Miss Universe experience to, to just be sure that her career was able to do what it was able to do. Their family's just fabulous. I'm thrilled to realize such families exist. It made me thrilled, it made me excited. So thanks again. Thanks again for being here. Thanks for spending your valuable time with me. I mean, you get paid for your time at your job giving me an hour or so of it for free it's amazing really grateful have a great week shoot me an email if there's anything you need osherginsburg.com you know where it is that's it I'm gonna try and eat some food try and eat every I've already eaten everything in my house uh, when I got home from my ride so now I'm gonna have to go find some more food eat it all Um, get up early and watch some Because the World Cup is on, and it's fantastic. Hey, you're awesome. Let us know if you need anything. If not, I'll talk to you next week. Sleep well. Dream of beautiful things. All right. Talk to you next week.